Hey guys, welcome to Tooncasters. I'm Leah, and I'm joined today by Jed and Dio to talk to you about the Looney Tunes show. Not just any Looney Tunes show, the 2011 sitcom. Have you guys watched it? Nope. For me, I was slowly getting out of tw uh, television in 2011 uh, as I was shifting more to YouTube, so that show went way beyond my radar around that point. It actually ran on Cartoon Network and could currently be found on HBO Max. HBO Max doesn't really exist here in the UK. Uh. <laughs> we don't have a lot of like big streaming things in the UK. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't have HBO Max, unfortunately. My, my subscriptions are very limited. Let's go back in time for a little bit. Have you watched any of your original Looney Tunes shorts? Yep. I grew up watching. I'm pretty sure I watched like through every single one. I, I've, seen, I've seen them here or there whenever they were on TV. But um, there are not many memorable ones that really pop into my mind besides like maybe the Wiley e. Coyote skits and the Roadrunner, which those are the ones I remember the most. But like the ones with like Bugs Bunny in them, there's or any of the other cast, not many besides maybe the one that ended up um, making the big chungus meme. But other than that, um, uh, what's it? <laughs> big chungus for fuck's sake. I knew, I knew <laughs> one of you would bring up big chungus. <laughs> But yeah. that was, uh, my favorite ones were Sylvester and Tweety. I remember the spin-off show that came out as well. That was, that was shown when I was younger. Uh, Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. The spin-off of Looney Tunes. That's great. Well, unfortunately, Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner aren't really featured on the show, except in some one-off shorts that are dispersed throughout the episodes. And CGI, by the way. Yeah. As for Sylvester and Tweety, they aren't really prominent characters in the show, but they could be found here and there in some episodes. So the main focus of the Looney Tunes show are obviously Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah, yeah. And this show got really mixed reviews. Some people praised the sitcom format it had, others um criticized the lack of slapstick within the sitcom so let's yeah, talk about slapstick for a bit <laughs> did you guys yeah, enjoy because... the slapstick within the original shorts yeah because that was like pretty much like the main comedy in the shorts like, it was like it was always funny to see like bugs bunny get like one up on like elmo or daffy in the shorts i really enjoy slapstick comedy like a lot it, it's like to me, it's like one of the funniest forms of like cartoon humor or even in real life, like, for example, the Three Stooges. But yeah. um, in cartoon form, I mean, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Brennan Stimpy, uh, SpongeBob has some slapstick in it. Like slapstick um, comedy cool. just, yeah, like uh, like slapstick comedy, it it clicks with me easily. So slapstick always, always gathers my attention no matter what. Yeah, especially like animated slapstick because like, I'm, I think when you're younger, like, like stand-up jokes, like jokes that are like said through it when you're younger, don't really connect until you're older when you like finally like, oh, that's what they meant. When you say, but physical humor, when you're younger, it just you know, it connects more, it just hits more on the younger audience. That's why the people appreciated it more in like cartoons and stuff. 
because it was just and and the slapstick in the shows were kind of just stupid and crazy and like not realistic also so yeah it was just kind of hit more than like you know, verbal comedy that kids may or may not understand a lot of people say that being exposed to slapstick comedy could develop your personality into a violent one what do you say to that I say, uh, yeah, yeah, there is an argument for, like, you know, cartoons or games, like, shaping someone's personality. But also, the parents are in charge, like, the parents, the parents schooling and stuff should teach, like, the difference between what's, what's you know, staged in, like, you know, movies, like, you know, the Three Stooges and stuff and in cartoons and how it's, like, in real life, how you should act in real life. So, yeah, I understand, like, that the argument, but you also should... Like you know, outside development as well, because it's like like saying that oh, it's because of cartoons is not like the main thing to say, because there's other factors that go into like when people you know grow up and learn the difference between you know reality and fiction. Yeah, I honestly agree with that. I really don't think that because yeah, there is an argument to me that oh, if like games or you know violence in cartoons kind of like make people violent when they get older i at least some at least on my my perspective as someone who has grown up watching slapstick comedy who has grown up playing violent games as a kid i haven't turned out to be a violent person i guess it does differ on the person For, to me i don't i think the argument is somewhat invalid but yeah i do also think that you know it also matters to the parents to to you know know that hey you know this is just a game or you know hey this is just a cartoon or this is just a show you know none of that stuff is real and you know can't you know act like this like in real life kind of thing you know i i honestly don't think it's it, it makes people violent it's you know yeah. everyone knows at the end of the day it's like fake for the most part because if it's on tv you know it, it's mostly fake nothing's nothing's ever real for the most part yeah coming off our deal said i remember the first like video game, a proper video game I played on the console was Metal Gear Solid 3 as a five-year-old. Like, I did not know what was going on. Like, I had my uncle, like, you know, he was a massive fan of the game. And, you know, it, it's, it's more environmental factors than just watching something alone. It's more of, like, how the child's grown up, like, the people around them, more than, you know, cartoons like, you know, the Tom and Jerry slapstick, Looney Tunes slapstick, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I do agree with you. That's why media literacy is so important. I think it's crucial for parents to teach their kids that the amusing injuries you see on on TV within Looney Tunes shorts or Tom and Jerry shorts, the original Tom and Jerry shorts, of course, are nowhere to be found in real life. Yeah, like we like, especially when it comes to like, oh, hey, like this guy got like shot off with a rocket. We all know rockets don't work like that in real life. It, it would take time to actually launch compared to like cartoons where it's like you like the match and then it's gone like in like in a finger snap. Why do you think people criticized the 2011 Looney Tunes show for lack of slapstick? You want to go first on this one, Jed? Yeah, I think it's because like the reason why they you know criticized it because this was Looney Tunes as like a show like nowadays is looked back with fondness like it's like kickstarted that like era of like shows alongside Scooby Doo and Tom and Jerry like that era of like funny slapstick 2D animation, Valentine, and when the 
I think it's because it was such a departure from the original type of comedy in the original shorts that a lot of people, like, I know that they aimed it at, like, kids and stuff. They aimed the show at kids. But it was also, but the people that are, like, nostalgic for that type of show, they would go back to watch it just to see, like, you know, the characters they grew up with. And if they see, like, like you know, it removed most of what made Looney Tunes the type of show it was. Of course, there can be complaints about it because they just removed the very essence of what the show was built around in the beginning. I also, I think also around this time, like this is because this show was in 2011. This is this is also during a time where like society has been, you know, we were starting to go through a shift because we because everyone already left the 2000s where it was like you know socially super different. And, you know, it, it, it was still around a time where a lot of stuff on television was quite no holds barred. Everyone was still trying to look for what was the line, where should the line be drawn? Especially if you look back even like to the 90s where like television was just completely like crazy. Like it's a lot of the things that would pass back in like the 90s or, you know, even the 2000s. I guess when the time, well, like let's say the early to mid two thousands, like you can't really get away with like as time was like starting to progress. Like even nowadays, a lot of the TV shows, like you can't really get away with a lot of like even certain innuendos. You can't even get away with certain like double standards or double meanings, or you know double entendres or anything. I think in twenty eleven it was like I guess also that was around the time where like a lot of parents weren't like a fan of like violence and television and cartoons and. All that stuff, because I think I remember television was changing a lot in the early 2010s, because I remember, because again, like I grew up in a time where Ed, Ed and Eddie was big, and then South Park was one of the biggest shows as well, and Family Guy was one of the biggest shows at uh, that time. Was it? it wasn't the show. Which one? I remember, the, I remember the show, because like, the only reason I remember it, because a lot of people complained about it being too vulgar for kids TV. Do you remember what it was? Oh, Cow and Chicken. Yeah, Cow and Chicken, yeah. So it was like in the 90s and the 2000s, you know, you could kind of, with like some of the humor that existed back then, like you could get away with it because, you know, it was a lot more raunchy. It was a lot more kind of, I guess, counterculture in a way. But, you know, as the day, as time progresses, you know, it comes to the it comes to the fact of what you know it comes to catering to the the younger audience that will be you know watching these kinds of cartoons and you know originally when tv was you know kind of like for like mostly for like the preteen to early teen demographic in the 2010s it was it was more leaning towards the the kids like the younger audience a good example of that too of like you know the 2010s kind of being a shift in television especially for even cartoons let's say like re actual like irl tv like real people reality tv in a way a jet actually posted a gif of this but like with professional wrestling i mean the wwe they were a super different company before like the mid 2000s after like 2008 2009 and say 2011, they were very a very much different company of the product that they give out. But I guess that's the same thing with Looney Tunes is they were once a very raunchy, you know, you know, piece of TV and a piece of media that, you know, existed in the in the early days and even, you know, late in the late in the 90s and late, late in the basically the late of the century that, you know, even at the turn of the, you know, at the turn of the decade, they kind of just had to cater to a certain audience. And I think also the criticism came, like, yeah, it lost the core slapstick, but at the same time that it first came on TV, it was airing alongside another show 
that had like um, that slapstick humor that people wanted in like a classic show. And that was the Amazing World of Gumball, which came out at the same time as the sitcom Looney Tunes show. Wait, and did Aaron, it really? Yeah, they, they both came out 2011. I thought Gumball was 2012. Uh, Gumball came out 2011. Or was it near the end of 2011, around that time? I didn't watch no. Gumball. Did it contain slapstick? Oh, quite a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot of slapstick and black comedy and surreal uh, comedy. Uh, and a lot of, like, fourth wall breakings. Yeah. I, re I remember the episode where... um apparently like the universe was being altered because like i guess they were losing their budget or something and it was yeah. like it was progressively getting worse and worse and worse to the point where it was just sketches on notepads and all like on like sticky notes and i'm like man that is the greatest progression of a fourth wall breaking i've ever seen in my life since <laughs> since yeah. the fresh prince of bel-air had that episode where carlton just ran through the crowd in every scene <laughs> at the end of an episode like, yeah. that was one hell of a fourth wall break episode yeah and like one of the main comedy aspects humor aspects was that they were self-aware of what the show is and stuff yeah in, in a sense and also like there was a there was a joke that Pretty much like, I'm pretty sure this year it, it became infamous because it went viral on TikTok and stuff. It was a joke where Darwin and Gumball were stuck on a, like a freeway and a truck rode over them. And Darwin's, like, you know, his soul left his body and went up and then he pulled it back down. And after, the, after that, I said, Gumball said, at least your soul went upwards. <laughs> oh my god that was one of the jokes they said in the one of the shows yeah yeah and that show like if we look at the reviews like imdb is 8.2 out of 10 uh on google reviews is a 4.8 out of 5 out of 6,000 ratings yeah amazing world of gumball is like a really really great show and i yeah i think that's the thing is like uh, the Looney Tunes show didn't, uh, at least from what I know and what I've heard, because I've never watched it before. I have seen advertisements of it, but I never watched it. Was like I heard that, like you know, it didn't have the much the slapstick that it, you know, it used to have, and it was going up against, you know, Amazing World of Gumball, which became the more popular show because it had not only the slapstick comedy, but like the self-aware kind of black comedy and the fourth wall breakage kind of comedy that like. It can really grab people's attention and like it makes people you know want to keep watching the show you know yeah. it, it, it kind of had that charm of like ren and stimpy in a way but like also you know different it, like very different in the modern times oh um i gotta say that the looney tunes show was closer to seinfeld than it was looney tunes seinfeld is an interesting is an interesting show given that it's a show that i'm not familiar with but I know because the name and the name of the character, Jerry Seinfeld, because it's similar to like, you know, the George Lopez. It's like, oh, Seinfeld, but, you know, more over exaggerated. And also, also another thing about Looney Tunes, one of the main criticisms of the show was the redesign of characters that they put into the show. Ah, uh, yes. They didn't stay true to the original designs. Yeah, the characters were quite different from when I, from the ads yeah. that I remember seeing. Yeah. I think that was the reason why I never bothered watching it. Like, it just didn't appeal to me. Like, it just felt too different to the thing I grew up with. Am I the only yeah. one who doesn't see much difference in the design of the characters? I think it's because of, like, the 3D and more softer style of animation they put on. 
I also think too, like I'm not sure if there was a Looney Tunes show like in this gap of time, but from the moment that show like started to like let's say when Space Jam the first one was released, I don't know if there was a Looney Tunes show in between that yeah, that time was, frame. Yeah, there yeah, was. Yeah, there were quite a few. Oh, okay, then I, I was gonna say that maybe like the animation was different and like maybe the humor had changed as well. But example, never mind. For example, like growing up, one of my favorite spin-offs was Duck Dodgers. That spin-off show that came out, I think it came out around 2002. That I, spin-off show, it was based on you know, Daffy Duck, but like a future version of him in the 24th and a half century as like a space ranger versus the, you know, the Martian from the original series. Yeah. Yeah, versus the Martian. It's like the entire thing, like Bugs Bunny wasn't there for the most, but Bugs Bunny's role was taken up by the Martian in the, mm. in the spin-off. Personalities haven't changed much in the 2011 yeah. sitcom. Like, Daffy is still Daffy. Yeah. Daffy is still the idiotic, egotistical duck. Yeah. And Bugs is still the smart guy. The one character whose personality had a complete overhaul was Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny is quite the character that has been like really talked about in the last like 10 years because there because yeah. again the sitcom but only that also recently the second space jam but you know we can't i don't know if we can really talk about it because everybody was making a big thing about it because the space the space jam model was uh the second space jam model was a lot different from the first space jam model everybody knows what we're talking about at that point people yeah. were not uh, happy about the design personally i wasn't a fan of it either because it, it was it just felt weird that they would change the design but i guess you know that was their choice and hey it's their choice at the end of the day if that's how they feel then you know we can't yeah. change we can't even though we technically have the power to say hey yeah we don't like this design it, sometimes yeah. it's not going to work that way i mean if it worked it worked for Sonic the hedgehog but it wasn't yeah. going to work for lola bunny yeah the issue with Sonic the hedgehog I mean, that was nightmare inducing how bad it was yeah it, it was uh sonic shouldn't have those kind of teeth yeah. uh, <laughs> getting chills thinking about it i actually am a fan of the 2011 version of lola bunny i like how quirky she is like what, what are some of the things that like she did in the show that was like different from like say past iterations of lola okay so for one she has a huge crush on bugs. Hmm. So that's, that's a, switched. Yeah, they switched that because it was it, it was the other way around. Yeah. It, it, in fact, it was more like a lot of the characters of 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 um a lot of the characters, or really the cast was more like like more into Lola than Lola is into like just one character. She's really quirky. She has a huge crush on bugs. She's a cloud cuckoo lander. A huge Kukulander, and all in all, she's just—you <laughs> can't help but love her. Yeah, the, there's—I uh, think it's interesting when it comes to like you know the quirky characters, but I guess why maybe there might be controversies because Lola was different in you know past iterations of Looney Tunes, or even if some people got into Looney Tunes because of Space Jam, I guess they were kind of used to like the. The more, I don't know if suave would be the word to use, but like the more, like, I guess seductive version that people know from like the Space Jam version 
and yeah. may, maybe it was the same throughout until the 2011 sitcom or even the same even before Space Jam. But I guess people are so used to like that version that like when it came to the version that people ended up seeing in the 2011 one, that's people were like, wait, why is she, you know, all quirky, weird and, you know, kind of, you know, gaga over bugs when, you know, it was all the way around where everyone was gaga over Lola. It's also worth noting that the 2011 version of Lola isn't as sexy as the Space Jam version. Uh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the thing about that was that originally, 2011 version actually sticks more true to, to the original vision they had for Lola for the Space Jam version. Ah. Like the design. Because her design is meant to be more of a like tomboyish kind of design. But they yeah. changed it at the last second to make it more because this was like the, like that era of like movies and stuff. It was like um, it's not like how it is now. It pretty much was, was like that era, like early nineties and eighties era. In that era, like the tomboy like aesthetic that they wanted to would not appeal. Actually, at that time, actually, I think Space Jam came out in ninety seven. Let me see. Uh, ninety six. Yeah, yeah. ninety six. So mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah, that mid-90s to, like, 70s to mid-90s era. Like, that era, like, that original design they were going for would not appeal. It's just, like, as it got more progressive, if I understand the, the change to Lola's appearance. Yeah. Because, above all that, the design meant to appeal to kids. Yeah, that that was the thing, is, like, they can't really have, like, a similar design as, like, Lola Bunny and Space Jam. Because it, it was on Cartoon Network in 2011, so it had to appeal to, like, a more kid, like, more child-friendly audience. So, yeah, that's, like, an understandable reason as to why they would maybe change it, like, at the last minute. Because, like, oh, wait, we're making a kid's show, not a Space Jam 2. Or, you know, something similar to it. Or, like, making the character similar to it. Another cool thing about the 2011 version is that they revealed that Granny used to be, get this, a spy during World War Two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they alluded to this before the 2011 version as well. It's just the 2011 version actually confirmed it. And like, everybody knows that, okay, yeah, Granny can't be this badass without her reasons. Because she was actually like one of my favorite characters. I just loved her entire, like, everything pretty much. Her demeanor and how she acts and everything yeah i i don't really much uh i don't really have much to say about granny other than yeah you ne never underestimate the grandma <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's a great character yeah lola actually wasn't the only love interest on the show they actually created a new character original to the show called tina russo who served as daffy's girlfriend and yes, even Daffy had a girlfriend. And I still can't get a boyfriend. <laughs> Since I am not familiar with the character, it's only fair that I wiki this. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually just reading the premise. And reading the premise, I can understand why it didn't appeal like as much as the original. Yeah. It's more adult-oriented, like a sitcom is, which is kind of understandable. Yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. I would call it adult-oriented, though. I would say it's more young adult oriented. Yeah. So like geared towards people in their late teens, early twenties. Yeah, it's more of a teen like drama than an actual cartoon. It's more of a slice yeah. of life thing. Like yeah. you have Bugs and Daffy as roommates. You've got Yosemite Sam as their neighbor. It is quite interesting that they did kind of go like a slice of life kind of way with the show, but it's like, 
you kind of expect that mostly in like you know animes, but it's like seeing that implemented in like a tele in like an American television cartoon show. It's kind of like it's a weird curveball, without a doubt. Yeah, I I think I think a lot of people would have preferred it. Like if if you hear like without knowing what the twenty eleven show is about. You hear Bugs Buddy and Daffy Duck are roommates. If you hear that without knowing how the 20, 2011 show changed the uh, dynamic between the two, yeah. you're going to think, okay, that's going to be chaos if you initially think about it because of how they were in the original show. Yeah, the original show, they did not like each other that well. And with Sam as their neighbor. Oh, God. Cra- the crazy cowboy trying to kill everybody in sight. Yeah. Well, it's just that still kind of crazy in the 2011 version. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading like the synopsis of every character in the 2011. It says, yeah, the 70s Sam is a male cowboy who's one of Bugs and Daffy neighbor. Sam is a liar, a thief, and a cheat, amongst other things. Sounds pretty fans, accurate. Yeah. He tends to steal Bugs' possessions, causing Bugs and Daffy to resent him. Speedy Gonzalez is a mouse in the wall. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about Speedy Gonzalez for a bit. I uh, was kind of offended by the portrayal of Speedy Gonzalez in the 2011 Looney Tunes show, to be honest. Well, okay, how was he portrayed? First of all, the way he's dressed. No one dresses like that in Mexico. Uh, second of oh, all, yeah. he has a very thick, stereotypical... Mexican act. accent? Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's like the one thing that like probably probably hasn't aged too well is, you know, the stereotypical character that shows will have. Yeah. Speedy Gonzalez, I guess, I guess because they've always had Speedy Gonzalez as like that before, that you know they didn't really think too much about it because that's how Speedy Gonzalez ha- always had been like prior to the show. That I guess they thought that uh, you know we could still do it like this, but um, I'm I'm sure with the reception, everyone was like, yeah, we can't really have Speedy Gonzalez as like very stereotypically you know mexican well for one he runs a pizza place that's more italian than than mexican exactly and the backstory behind this as explained in the show is that the pizza place used to be where bugs and daffy would hang out and the owner retired so bugs and daffy bought it from him bought the property and business from him i mean and they attempted to run it to utter failure. And then Speedy took over the pizza place and became a success. That's pretty that's pretty good. Oh, speaking of Speedy Gonzalez, a uh, fun fact actually, uh Gabriel Iglesias actually voiced him in the second movie of Space Jam. Yeah. Really? I yeah. yeah. I like Gabriel Iglesias. I just found out that in the twenty eleven sitcom. He's voiced by Fred Armisen. Yeah, I, I'm on the I'm on like the 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 fandom wiki, oh, yeah. and I don't know much of his work. Uh, SNL. Okay. And if you've seen Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, do you know the character Malik Nos? Yeah, that's yeah, him. That's, yeah, that's Fred Armisen. Huh. but uh, yeah, I, I get why speeding his Oz was like kind of like is a little bit offensive. Because, yeah, no, no, nobody, at least in the modern era, dresses like that no more. I mean, maybe way back when, probably. But nowadays, like, yeah, I don't think nobody wears, like, a lot of the clothes that Speedy Gonzalez wore in the in the 2011 show. Plus, no one has an accent like his. I'm going to look up the accent to see, like, how thick is it? Because I do have a neighbor who is Mexican, and 
I don't know if it's how stereotypical how stereotypical it is because he's like from like the country itself. Yeah, that is much stronger than his original one. Exactly. Hearing it already, it's it is sort of accurate from again my neighbor. So it's I guess it's not that bad, but it's quite a little bit on the button. On yeah, it's a little accurate, but it is quite stereotypical at the same time. So yeah, but yeah, nobody dresses that way anymore. But I get it, it's a cartoon, but I guess some people will find it a little off-putting in a way. Uh, what are some uh, other things uh, about the show? It features some Mary Melody's musical shorts, which were kind of fun and wholesome in my opinion. And the reason why Looney Tunes even started. The the numbers. Yeah, that's why they're called Looney Tunes. Like, they're not a T-O-O-N-S-T-U-N-E-S. So I'm, I'm happy they kept that from the original series. Yeah, that's like the one thing that's like, it's kind of cool that they kept around with like yeah. Looney Tunes is like, yeah, they're, they're still sticking with the original with like, yeah, there's still like song numbers that happen. Like, that's like the interesting thing is that I guess, I guess they were trying to like, I guess from when I, because I'm, I'm still looking at the Speedy Gonzalez like funny moments. I guess they were they were like trying to capture kind of like what like the old Looney Tunes had, but like in a more modern esque kind of like, like a more modern time. And I guess maybe why it didn't click is because it was maybe because yeah, it wasn't it didn't it doesn't really feel like it's meant for like like a children audience. It's like more meant for like a mid to late teenage audience. That's what when it was on Cartoon Network. It felt like it was meant for like the other later slots where they put like the more teen oriented cartoons on yeah 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 it felt like it belonged there rather than you know as like, almost showing as how the unit team does kind of like on like adult swim right yeah kind of adult swim tsunami kind of thing yeah i think yeah more like tsunami because i think adult swim is more like that's more raunchy than tsunami yeah. tsunami is more like yeah it's like in the middle more cow and chicken type yeah. Cow and chicken, robot chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Adult Swim was chicken. like the TV equivalent of a deep web for me when I was a kid. It's more so now. Have you seen Jack Stalder stuff on Adult Swim? Oh, Lord. Okay. Adult Swim story. Who remembers staying up so late in the night that it was about to be the turn of six o'clock? Because obviously, um, Adult Swim ran from about maybe nine o'clock at night to about six in the morning. And um, who remembers when it was like at a certain time, like around like sometimes it would be five o'clock, but sometimes it would be like just before it switches to, to Cartoon Network when it had that like that block, you know, that infamous block about the eyes in the sky, you know, which, you, yeah, that one I'm looking for the uh, Adult yeah. Swim. Uh, yes. Uh, animated trauma. Yeah. Adult Swim, not commercials. What is it? The two most scariest experiences oh. in my childhood was that and the PS2 screen, but this doesn't work. Yeah, dude, the PS2, it like scares me, dude. Okay, um, let's get back on topic before we go into the PS2 scenario. Ah, yes. Okay. The the dawn is your enemy. That's the that, that's the thing. I, I, I actually get PTSD from that. The show is like more... Felt like it, sh- it belonged to Tsunami the Cartoon Network. Yeah, it, like it, it it did feel like a like more of a like kind of like more like a late night cartoon than like a like a something you would watch at like one in the afternoon. Yeah, and because like it didn't really feel like for kids. It kind of felt like more for like a late like a mid to late teen audience. I live overseas, so Adult Swim doesn't exist where I live. I would only watch Adult Swim when I'm back home in the states. I, I guess think of it as like. 
uh, I guess the, another alternative to like what Adult Swim is, Nick at Night. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically that, but for Cartoon Network, except it's, it has more, much more adult uh, shows. The thing is, the Dawn is your enemy was literally made for the purpose of scaring kids. Yeah. Except the biggest issue was that it would it would air, it would either air before Adult Swim. Or it would air after Adult Swim. So it was like, you never know what you were going to get. Yeah, Adult Swim was iconic. It's safe to say that Adult Swim was basically like the deep web around that time. But especially nowadays, we're like, interesting to say the least. Yeah. It's an interesting channel. Yeah, nowadays it's like almost crazy. Like, especially with like things like the Eric Andre show. I mean, it's like, how crazy and, is, how and, crazy is going to get? Yeah, and anything Jack Star would make yeah. I think the Looney Tunes show could have been more successful if it aired on Adult Swim. No, on Toonami. Not Adult Swim. It, it, it's not like... Or is it Toonami. not Adult Swim material? It, it wouldn't be um, Adult Swim material. No. It would be more like Toonami material. Like, Toonami, like, you know, those type of shows on Toonami. Like, more like... There's a lot of Nick uh, dramas, like Nickelodeon type dramas. Yeah. Nick made. Yeah, it fits more to that category. Yeah, it, it's kind of... It, it would be kind of like like Teen Nick in a way, or like yeah. like because or like Nicktoons when it like at one point when like they would have like the more adult oriented cartoons at like nighttime, and like the daytime would be like the more kiddish or like the more common ones, yeah. kind of like that. It would be like it would be more like a like a like a like a prime time kind of like adult, like prime time teenager kind of like show instead of like like daytime for like daytime television. I think, I think one thing I can like compare it to. Is the backlash that Pokemon Sun and Moon anime got initially? Oh yeah. Compared to how XY XYZ went, because XY XYZ was more orientated to teens because how dark that got. But then the sudden change into Sun and Moon, where it became more kid friendly, because it was made to combat the popularity of Yokai Watch at that time. Yeah. It, it's kind of like that's how I feel. Looney originally slapstick humor, more. You know, focus to younger generations and the older generation can appreciate the humor in it. Yeah. But now, but now, like the the Doom show was more towards teen audiences than you know the original like kid focus stuff. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of I guess you could say it's kind of like Ren and Stimpy in a way. It's like that show was like not really it it could definitely cater to kids, but like it was like meant for like the older like teenage yeah. audience. And like I, I feel like that'd be the same thing with like from like, at least from what I've seen so what I've seen so far from the Looney Tunes 2011 show that yeah it's meant for like a more older teenage audience than like a kids audience like kids could get into it but it's it's kind of it kind of showed that's meant for like the older people maybe why it lasted so shortly because it says it only lasted only two about seasons. two three seasons yeah two three seasons and only lasted three years. So only lasted for two seasons, not three. Yeah, and only lasted pretty much from until 2014. So um, I think it's just that people wanted slapstick. They didn't want a rendition of Seinfeld. Yeah, it was. It does have a Seinfeld feel about it. Yeah, it, it, shame, I guess. Yeah, because I actually watched both seasons in their entirety, and I actually really loved the show. I wish it could have lasted a little bit longer. Go ahead, yeah, another, another thing about it is that the series that came after was pretty much a remake of the original series. No, wait, I think it was literally called New New Looney Tunes. Yeah, that, that came like right after. 
Yeah, it came right after and it went back to the original style of slough to comedy. I, yeah, I think but another I didn't thing like that as much as I enjoyed the yeah. Looney Tunes show. I think maybe also why Looney Tunes didn't do so well in the that era between 2011 and 2014. I mean, Nickelodeon. I'm not excuse me, not Nickelodeon. Excuse me, Cartoon Network was pretty stacked to the brim with shows that were exploding on the network at that point. Yeah, for example, at the same time as. That show came out called Never. They had Adventure Time running as well. Yeah, Adventure Time, and I think uh, the regular show was starting to pop up on that at that point. Like in the span of 2011-2014, I mean, yeah. you had Gumball, you had Adventure Time, you had even uh, was started in 2013. Yeah, yeah, then you know Adventure Time was around the time, and also the regular show was around, uh, came around that time. So there was a lot of a lot of animated giants that were coming from that age that it, I guess in a way it also, it got kind of lost in the shuffle. It got overshadowed by these other shows that became like essentially like mainstream shows that everybody know, knew and loved. Yeah, so, and, 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 and it like those shows did not just appeal to a young audience that appealed to every single age range very much. Yeah. If you look at it. And the thing is that at that time in TV, when it really got competitive, first impressions were everything at the time. The highest yeah. episode could make or break the entire show. Yeah, to, it's, yeah, especially in 2011. I mean, yeah. if because bringing up Adventure Time, you know, even though the show originally aired at first as as a pilot in on Nickelodeon on Nicktoons. Their first impressions were not great, according to Nickelodeon. And at that point, you know, they were still, you know, SpongeBob still had a death grip on Nickelodeon, still does. But, you know, then it went to Cartoon Network and it flourished to become essentially the primary show of Nickel, uh, um, excuse me, uh, the primary show of Cartoon Network. And then, you know, Gumball, Regular Show, and Steven Universe were basically like the secondary shows next to that. While, you know, Looney Tunes, the 2011 sitcom, it just, it kind of was, I guess, in wrestling terms, was like the undercard or like, you know, it was just, you know, cannon fodder. But I guess it under, it's understandable why it also may have like a cult following. Everything amidst all of the great popularity there's always going to be you know the cult following of all giants there's always going to be the underdogs and i guess that's a good way to like to exemplify the looney tunes show is it was the underdog of show that had to basically compare compare and compete to these other shows that were basically the cash cows of Nickelodeon, uh, damn it! Of course, network. I don't know why you say Nickelodeon. Perhaps because <laughs> the show was pitched to Nickelodeon at first. Yeah, and I'm uh, so used. I'm so used. I, I grew up watching Nickelodeon. Cartoon Network was like my secondary. <laughs> yeah. No, it was yeah, more yeah. of a Disney between, Channel kid. Between like the 2000s to like 2015, it was like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and Fox Kids that became Jetix. Now it's Disney XD. Like those three were like going head to head on literally everything. Yeah, tele yeah, television was, especially animated television, was extremely competitive around that time. Yeah. And especially 2011, like, especially 2011, because... But growing up, I used to watch Fox Kids and Jetix more because they had the right to the 90s Marvel cartoons, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Frank's saying right that the Looney Tunes show is disadvantaged by the competition it's had to face. Yeah, yeah, because at that time, like... Because, again, as Dio said earlier, TV was changing. Like, 
what appeals to the masses was changing. Because like animated sitcoms, like they already had like massive competition in that space, not like children focus or teen focus, but you had Futurama, you had The Simpsons, you had Family Guy, you had those in that animated sitcom genre at the time as well. And Simpsons were going on for how long now? Like, the Simpsons, I think the, I think the Simpsons are going on like they're past thirty years at this point. Yeah, over thirty years they've been going for. So they had like a grip, like a stranglehold on that genre. And to try break into it, but try to like you know put it on the wrong channel because if you put it on tsunami, I think it will be remembered better than it is now. Because yeah. at least on tsunami, it will be shown to the audience that should have been targeted. Yeah, like it's it's. It seems like a good show, but it didn't. It, it was. It, and this is another wrestling term. Jed would know. It felt. It felt like this show was kind of like the ECW to like whatever the other shows were that would be like the WWF and WCW at that time was because of all that competition. It was like you know, it, it seemed like Looney Tunes was kind of like the tra- the little train that could, but it couldn't because it had to fight against all of these other massive giant shows that were just basically taking up all the time slots that were taking up all of the attention that were taking up all the advertisement you know spots on television or, or in the on the network so it basically had a rival against all those other shows it just i won't say it was doomed to fail it was just it, it felt like a show that came out at the wrong pl- the, at the wrong time the right place at the wrong time but also at the right place, but wrong, like, wrong. Yeah, it was pretty much the right place at the wrong time because the time slot that this show came out probably wasn't that great. If it would have came out in Toonami, it would have been quite a competitor to, like, a lot of the other shows that were being aired on Cartoon Network at that point. And on Toonami, at, at that point, Toonami was just, mm, there was, like, no standout show on Toonami. Yeah, t- yeah, Toonami was, at, at 2011 to 2014, Toonami was kind of... Like not in a great place compared yeah. to like now where it is, it is just jam packed with a lot yeah. of stuff. And it's arguably in a better place than where Cartoon Network is right now. Yeah, like it, like honestly, just, like uh, yeah, but like Toonami just needed that like figurehead of a show at that time. It didn't have it. At that time. It's just that yeah. you know, I mean, we think Looney Tunes, we think children orientated, but the themes and like content to put into the sitcom. Children would not understand like the like the thing they were going for in that sitcom. That's why I say like on Toonami, at least the audience that watched Toonami would understand what's going on. Yeah, you know, like network at the slots, like you know, the slots that used to come on, like um, uh, late afternoon, which is normally when kids are finished from school and they get home to watch you know, cartoons and stuff. Yeah, a a general idea of like what was on Toonami from. Like, like around 2013, or like because tsunami didn't come back until 2012. It, it didn't come back until 2012, so would have been a good time because shows like DBZ and Mobile Suit, Gundam Wing, Tenchi, Muyo, Outlaw Star, The Big O, Yu Hakusho was there, but you know at that point, you know Yu Yu Hakusho was, I th- it, it wasn't getting a resurgence at that point. I think Yu Hakusho didn't get the resurgence until like maybe the late. 2010s like maybe 2018 it started getting relevant again yeah. but like around that point like 2012 like 20 like 2012 2013 20 you know wait this started 2012 yeah you know 2012 what, you know what would have worked so well is that yeah they brought back to normally 2011 
with the first like pilot episode of the new tsunami would have been a lunar to the show because of the way of what, what I've seen that would have like kickstarted tsunami into a new wave of popularity what yeah. I've seen so I guess that that's the uh yeah that, that, that was the uh issue um it's just it was a show that was that came at the right place but at the wrong time if it was a tsunami show I think it would have Stood out, even though Toonami is predominantly an anime block, I think it still would have had a space there, um, no matter what. I think there still would have been space for it. I think it would have thrived more in a Toonami time slot, but again, it was it 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 wouldn't it didn't really click to the Cartoon Network audience. It would have fit more in the Adult Swim Toonami uh, in the Toonami block of Adult Swim, where that where it, I think it would have shined the most. Because the thing about the show, the show is not bad. Like watching it, like like the clips I've seen that I've just seen literally now on YouTube and stuff. The show is not bad. It just like yeah, it's just on the wrong place promoted. Because I know if I show this show to like um, my little cousin who's like three, he would understand what's going on. But if I show him the original Looney Tunes, he'd just be laughing at it. Like, yeah. like you know. Market the type of show, like the type of show it is with the themes that he's going for and the direction he's going for. If they're marketed to an audience that understood what was going on, like if I was the age that they tried to market to, like up until like I wouldn't have understood that unless I was like 12, like oh, 12 to like now, like yeah. that age frame, yeah, I would have understood what was going on somewhat. Yeah, it's also, I think that's another thing where it failed. It's just, it had a sense that where it didn't really, ex it didn't really know its audience, but it also did because it's like, they wanted to appeal to all of the audience, like all of the demographics, but they ended up catering more. It ended up like gathering the attraction more of the, again, the teenage audience and the older generation compared instead of like the younger audience it was a show that didn't really know its audience at um from the um from what it seemed it was a good show it had its shortcomings but it's still a decent show to watch so if you haven't watched it yet i advise you give it a watch especially the french fries episode i may be biased for that episode because it's my favorite uh out of all the Looney Tunes show episodes but yeah, just give I, it a watch. I actually want to ask this. What do you think was the best episode? And what what would you think is, like, the worst episode from, like, the two-season span that it had? My favorite episode would be the French Fries episode. It's basically an episode where Daffy and Porky get into a huge fight because of some French fries. And it's <laughs> kind of hilarious, to be honest. My least favorite would be the Foghorn Leghorn story. That's my least favorite episode. Not because of anything in particular, it's just that I am not a huge fan of Foghorn Leghorn, so... Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. interestingly, too, is I, personally, when I think of Looney Tunes, Foghorn Leghorn's like the last character I kind of think of when it comes to like the entire Looney Tunes cast. He doesn't really add much to the cast, so. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's notable of him is like, is just his, is just the like, you know, because it's like, it's like, well, I say, I say, well, now that I say, it's like, eh, it gets a little old after a while. It's like, that's not, yeah, saying I say all the time is not a personality trait. You know what? You know what I'm saying? When I hear Foghorn Leghorn, 
Like, I don't think of Looney Tunes. <laughs> I just think of the one lyric that Eminem said in Rogue which, which one? Jumped in a chicken hole cartoon with a cape on, beat, beat a fuck on leg on with an acorn. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only thing that goes through my head whenever I hear but yeah, whenever I think Looney Tunes, like Foghorn Leghorn is the last character I think of because when you think of Looney Tunes, your first characters you think of right off the bat is Bugs Bunny, you know, Lola Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Grandma, Sylvester, um, yeah, Tweety Bird, the Tasmanian Devil, The Martian. I mentioned Grandma, but Grandma and Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Foghorn Leghorn is literally the last guy you think about. As, and I, I know also Yosemite Sam or Yosemite Sam. His name, his name was Marvin. Yeah, his name was Marvin the Martian. Yeah, Marvin the Martian. Yeah. But like, like all those characters we all know. But Foghorn Leghorn's just like even in Space Jam, I didn't know who Foghorn, Foghorn Leghorn was, and I still don't. I just know that he's just a big rooster who just goes. I say, I say, like he repeats himself. I, although I'm not sure, there's probably people that agree that Foghorn Leghorn is the best character. Unfortunately, he's the last character I think of when I think of the Looney Tunes, because all the other characters are 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 iconic. Foghorn Leghorn just kind of like instead of a main character, he feels like a supporting character or like a, like a side character. At least that's how I feel. I'm I'm, I'm sure some people feel differently. It's just like one thing that uh, someone said. <laughs> I was like. Okay, I can't unthink it, but like, it kind of doesn't make sense because, you know, Foghorn Leghorn predates him. But what I'm afraid he's just a rubbish version of Doug Dimadon. Like, okay, I can't unthink wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Even though Doug Dimadon basically is a guy of Foghorn Leghorn, he's yeah. the better version. And that's how we're going to close out today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that's it and that's all. Thank you for tuning in to the two casters. As always, if you want to listen to more compelling podcasts or more episodes of the two casters, you can head to allagesofgeek.com. But for now, that's all, folks. Yeah, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.